Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is the weekly Star Wars podcast. I'm shouting very much there. Sorry about that. But I'm just excited to be talking about Star Wars. Welcome back to another week. The reason why I'm excited and why I'm shouting is because we've just had a really cool chat, a really cool interview with somebody that we're going to bring in in a little while. But it's an exciting time because we're talking about the book of Boba Fett. We've got somebody on the show. We had Charles Soule on recently. I've just started a new Star Wars book, dude. And I've started to rewatch The Clone Wars, so... It's just a really good time to be into Star Wars at the minute, so apologies to everyone who will just burst their eardrums. But welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is another week, another episode. I hope you've all had a good week and you're keeping safe and healthy. My name's Gary, one of your hosts, and I am the the excitable one, and Mark is probably the... Uh, he is excited, but he's masking it pretty well, I must say. I'm looking at him right now. I'm looking at him right now. And he's he's, he's got that face like, come on, Gary, but I know he's excited. What's going on there? What have you been eating? I've clearly had all of the blue Smarties today. <laughs> That's <Okay>. like, bag <laughs> of Skittles, Gaz. No, thank you. Already had 12. <laughs> I do feel like that for some reason. And this is Diet Coke as well. It's not even full fat Coke with all the sugar. That's weird. I don't know. Oh, God. That is weird. Holy crap. Dude, I was thinking to myself, what are the top three weird things about the world today? I was like, have penguins got legs or feet? Mm-hmm. What's Gary drinking? And then there was another one, but I don't want to bring it up. Did Chewie actually need pants or not? That's, I don't know, that's always a weird one. Yeah, so... I mean, I suppose we could get into this, couldn't we? Because if he has a pee... I mean, what if... He's going to go all over his fur if he doesn't sort it out properly. Yeah, just all over the Never place. Never thought of that. Yeah. Stinky Bloody Chewie. Chewie, you mucky. Mucky bugger. Mucky. Mucky chewy dits. You... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, we've got a cool show lined up for you this week. We are going to smash straight into an interview that we've literally just got off the call with now. A very cool guy from a, a cool fan project, which we'll come on to in a second. But before we do that, just me getting out of the way quickly. I ordered a bunch of Star Wars books because last time kind of got my ass kicked a little bit. Mark was like, Gaz... Just read what you want to read, mate. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I ordered all the books. So I've got a stack of them here. Oh, God. And I started reading. What did you get? I started catching up on, uh, well, I got um, The Light of the Jedi on Kindle last year. So I bought that again, obviously, in paperback for the shelf. Mental. Yep. Mad lad with the books. Sure. So I've got that. And then I got the next one, The Rising Storm. So before I get onto that, though, because I want to play catch up before uh, Charles Soule's book came out. No Charles Soule. We interviewed him, didn't we? Yeah, he was on a show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> See what I did there? That's what we do in that podcasting. Was so good. You know, like we reference other that episodes so, good. so that you can go back and listen to it if you've missed it. 
Anyway, I started reading. I should have done this Thrawn. episode. Should I? <laughs> I started to read Thrawn Treason because that's the one from the original trilogy from Timothy Zahn back in 2012, 2015, something like that. So that's the first of the new canon Thrawn books, isn't it? That one. No, it's the third. Of the, oh no, you no, read sorry. the first and second one, then, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, it's the third of the middle trilogy. So the original ones, like Heir to the Empire, those ones back in the day. That's why I said new canon, you're drunk. No, 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 it's not them, no. So the newer ones that you're referencing are the Ascendancy books. So it's not those. It's like the middle trilogy. Yeah, that's what I said. The ones from the first trilogy in the new canon. You're mental, mate. Oh, the new canon. I don't know what's been going on here. You're on gin. He's on gin. I can see him now. You, You guys listening to this, right? You can't see guys injecting gin into his own bloodstream. And you do that on a Friday. That's what's happening right now on this video call. Calm down. All right, so you're on treason then. Is that the one where they first find him on the sort of planet? No. No, it's not. No, this is um, this is Hold uh, it up. like his relationship and his kind of future within the empire, I suppose, like relationship with the emperor and how it's going to oh, go yeah. down, how it sort of transpires, what happens at the end of his run of missions, I suppose. But yeah, his but then tenure. I've got <laughs> his tenure. Yeah, his, his tenure as a grand admiral, and then I've got the the next. Um, the next one I need to read in the Ascendancy stuff, which is Chaos Rising. And um, yeah, the other two ones in that series are going to be arriving soon. So a bit of a book run for me, dude, and some other bits of Star Wars stuff that I shouted at the beginning of the episode. Have you been up to anything Star Warsy? Well, first up, how are you enjoying the Thrawn one, the Thrawn book? Yeah, enjoying it's cool. It? I really like this, um, the new canon, that first new canon trilogy that I didn't get confused about earlier. I really like those ones because <laughs> it feels like enough time has passed for Timothy Zahn to be like, right, okay, I've got a slightly different perspective on how I want this character yeah. to be perceived within the books and stuff. So kind of takes it in a different direction and not as in your face as the heir to the empire and those series books. So yeah, I like it, yeah. dude. It's very good. Yeah, I think they, that is the third one, isn't it? Because that it takes place after. It's not the first one. It was my bad. It's um, so this is the one that's sort of taking place just after Rebels, isn't it? Yes, so it's just before yeah. New Hope and stuff. Yeah, well, actually, up and to up. I think it's up to Rebels, isn't it? So that's pretty sweet reading, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Like yeah. it so far. So after this one, it's going to be the Rising Storm, ready for the third kind of proper, I don't want to say proper book mm. because I don't want to throw shade or discount like the young adult novels or anything else around the High Republic, but, yeah, you know, the third proper adult novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, what have I done? I, I don't think I've done loads of Star Wars this week, apart from Boba, which we'll get to. Um, I mainly have just read the last, is it Greater Good, the Throne Ascendancy Greater Good, which is the last of the latest trilogy, but I've not finished it yet. I'm about... Don't know, just over halfway, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which is looks like it's bringing it full circle with the the original new canon trilogy, the one that you're finishing. Um, you know, it's, it's, you remember the beginning of that trilogy is where they find him on that planet, and it looks like he's been quote unquote exiled, and he runs rings around the stormtroopers and becomes the grand admiral. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just like some badass, and it's. Uh, I sort of feel like it's leading up to that, you know. You know, better, better. Better go hide and explore what's going on in the in the other galaxy for us. Um, so I'm fascinated by that. You know me, but now not much else, man. Um, 
a bit of boba. That was it. I honestly think that's it, dude. I honestly think that's it. But then, I know I say that, but then the book of Boba Fett, which we're going to talk about, is obviously freaking crazy. Steady. Episode six, crikey. Did you on any of your Thrawn books, did you get the ones in the end that had the blue pages or the red pages on one of them? Did you do Yeah, that? the first one. Oh, was it? <clears throat> did I get the first and the... No, in fact, I got the first one because everyone got that. So when you pre-ordered it, it was the one with the blue pages, the one called just Thrawn, right? Mm. Then they screwed us, didn't they? They were like, well, if you want the red page on the next one, it's a special edition, it costs more. That's so right. they yeah. clearly like drug deltas like <laughs> have this one for free. And then if you want to complete the coloured collection, I was like, I don't. So I didn't. No. They're like uh, the Jawas, aren't they? Of the book publishing world. Scheming, yeah. yeah? Little bastards. Tease you with an R4 unit and then you find out it's broken. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's enough waffle from us. Before we crack on with the rest of the episode and our interview and so on, make sure you follow this podcast in your fave podcast app or head over to... Uh, sparkofrebellion.com you can listen to all the episodes for free there or if you just shove a forward slash listen on the end of that you'll be presented with a bunch of cool links to go off to all the popular podcast platforms and whatnot and you can find the one that you use and follow us and you won't miss a show so go and do that we're on the socials too go to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash twitter and forward slash instagram come and get involved and chat star wars throughout the week and if you like spark of rebellion and you want to support the show and get us rocking and rolling with some more good content then you can support us via our patreon so again sparkofrebellion.com forward slash patreon and thank you so much to our current patrons you guys are awesome thank you for your continued support it's very much appreciated. So thank you for that. So before we get on to the book of Boba Fett, let's now go and listen to the interview that we've just done with Halo from the uh, Star Wars Restoration 3 uh, Star Wars Galaxies project. Enjoy. This is where the fun begins. Okay, so joining us on Spark of Rebellion, we have a special guest. We have somebody that's involved in a pretty sweet fan restoration project uh, that we've seen sort of um, bubbling away for a little while i've certainly seen or i've heard this mentioned a few times and uh, uh we thought that now we're on a good run of um inviting people onto the show this would be the next uh, the next cool uh, person to grab to, to jump on so um back in the day there was a very very cool um mmo uh called star wars galaxies and it was a i'm pretty sure it was a, a back in the, the good old days of lucas arts and lucasfilm you know, before Lucasfilm Games and that sort of thing. Anyway, it was a really big MMO, ran for about a decade, I think, roughly. And uh, for the majority of its time, it was very, um, it was a very cool game. I think towards the latter part of its life cycle, it got a little bit of criticism for some of the updates and whatnot. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was criticized a wee bit, but then um, it sort of, it's maintained or sort of, you know, held on to some, some love from the fans and, uh, and, uh, there was one particular uh, fan project that said, actually, we're not going to let this die. Uh, we're going to bring it back and we're going to, you know, uh, take it on our own shoulders and build it. So we've joined by uh, one of the people behind that, which is uh, uh, Jay or Halo. We'll switch it up as we go through the show. But welcome to Spark of Rebellion, Jay. It's great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. So um, uh, myself and Mark, we've got some questions for you. But before we dive into those questions, uh, just let us know how, because like I said, we've heard about this a couple of times, but we've not really delved into it too much. So for the benefit of our listener, uh, just a very quick overview of what 
Star Wars uh, Galaxies Restoration 3 actually is and how you came to fire up the project and, and get it rocking. Yeah, so um, I was a Star Wars Galaxies player just like you. Um, I started in the middle of the combat upgrade um, and not pre-CU like uh, a lot of the other players and uh, as a result that was my favorite version of the game and there's no private server scene for it. Uh, so pretty much uh, I started coding Star Wars Galaxies uh, when I was about 15 years old, so it's been about 16 years. And um, I've gone through the motions and made a bunch of servers, had a lot of practice and experience uh, just with Star Wars Galaxies. And um, my dream has always been a combat upgrade server. So um, when the pandemic hit and I had a bunch of free time, uh, I was able to kind of sit down, see what was going on, and uh, and make it happen. Uh, that's why it's Restoration 3. It's the third server that, well, it's the third Restoration server, but the fifth server that I've been a part of. Uh, and I'm very proud of finally having my dream server online and available for other people to come and check it out because the combat upgrade was not very long-lived at only seven months. Uh, but it's really just a fantastic version of Star Wars Galaxies. Cool, cool. So um, it's fair to say that over the last, um, don't know, 10, 15 years, you've spent quite a big chunk of your life in uh, in the online Star Wars world around galaxies. That's that's very cool. Yeah, it's uh, in, there was kind of a point where it's like, wow, I've been in this for a long time. <laughs> you either need to just accept it and keep going with it or move on. And I thought, no, nah, I just... I'm too far in. I've spent too much time. <laughs> You're in for the long haul now. You've you've done it now. <laughs> yeah. What's the? Um, That's actually something. That, sorry, Mark. Go on. go on. Sorry, guys. I was just gonna say. I'm, I'm sort of just to kind of interject for two seconds. Like I'm sort of curious about that. Um, you know, when you sort of get the down days and so on, because I think that's an interesting thing about fandom and and when you are when you're around fandom. And it feels like fandom to everyone because they're just sort of consuming it and enjoying enjoying what you're producing and so on. But you're the one and the team that you that you're working with are sort of the ones doing the quote unquote work. It's a sort of different element to the fandom. Like how I suppose how do you get back from the edge with that? You know, because there must be days where you think this is a lot of work. You know, what what's is there any process that you've got? Like, are there any catalysts? Is there any any sort of community elements to it that help you think? Do you know what? This was just a bad day. I'm just, I am carrying on with this because I've put so much into it. Like, I suppose I'm asking, like, what is that process, those ups and downs? Because I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's totally days where you just can't quite get something you're trying to code to work right or your population is struggling or the community is upset about something. And those days, you know, it's like, man, I put a lot into this and this is a struggle, but, uh, for me, it's usually just, I need to just step back, take a, take a day or two, sometimes take a week. I've, you know, almost 15 years of coding, but, uh, it's been like seven or eight years of restoration. It's just, you know, there's times where it's just like, I got to take a break and, uh, and you, it just comes back naturally, you know, after a week, maybe a month, you know, just like, man, I got to get back on Star Wars. That's, you know, that's what I like. That's what I love. 
Yeah, it sounds very cool. And what's the the um, community like at the moment then for for this project? Um, because ha- having a little dig around and doing some research beforehand, it seems to have it's got a, um, a, a really good um, uh, community that's rocking and rolling for it at the moment. So, is it a, is it a, a good feeling at the moment? A good vibes between um, yourselves, the, the developers, and the, and the players? Yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting what's going on right now. Something totally unique so when we launched restoration three um in like the first week of june i think of 2021 um we had a huge influx of players way more than i anticipated it was like thousands of people banging at the doors we were not ready for that kind of following which was great but we also you know weren't ready so uh, we had all sorts of backtracking to do getting our servers ready for that kind of a following and um and all those people who were coming in they were people who have been in the scene like playing other private servers for star wars galaxies um and we got our servers online and we had all these people there and uh, those kind of guys who have had experience in the game playing, they kind of burn themselves out quickly because they already know everything because they've been current. So, uh, you know, they were, we had the, a very high population for a number of months. I think like maybe three or four, we were around 500 plus online daily and then Population started to dwindle as we were building up our um, infrastructure and getting new patches ready. Well, last week we got featured on PC Gamer. I don't know if y'all caught that article or not. Uh, And then that kind of spread to a bunch of other places. Um, My community relations guy, Sniper, he's the man killing it there. Uh, You know, that dropped and we had this zerg of players, something like 2,000 accounts, I think, in the last week. Um, and, but that community that's piling in is a totally different, uh, type of player. These are guys who haven't played in, in recent years and they're just like super excited to be back in Star Wars Galaxies and that atmosphere is so much more casual because it's not the people who are like, you know, hardcore, you know, hammered away at the game for years and years. It's people who are like in a new experience and, uh, and you go to the Moss Eisley Cantina or Moss Eisley Starport and everything is super casual and, and fun and everybody's just having a good time. Love it. And you mentioned there about the obviously new people coming to this. And I, I think that's always what's fascinating about Star Wars generally is that, it, you know, whether it's generational or whether it's, you're opening up, you know, generations past that have enjoyed Star Wars in one guise or another, but then go on to open up other areas like, you know, potentially their first exposure to galaxies is Restoration 3 with you. How, I suppose, how do you do you maintain that sense of community? Because, uh, you know, the Star Wars fans in particular are known for being very protective over the thing. And then gamers as well, we all game to a degree we can be really protective over the thing. So you sort of, that's sort of a bit of a melting pot, I would imagine. How, how do you find the community is with the new gamers? Like, is it, is it a fairly welcoming community? Do you find that people get started pretty readily and sort of stick around? Like, can you, yes, I suppose, just talk to that a little bit? Because it's, again, it's, it's a whole new world for some people. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Um, we haven't had to really do anything. Some of our veteran players who've been around since launch, when they saw like literally every 30 seconds to a minute a new character spawning in Moss Eisley, they're like, hey, there's, there's some stuff going on. So our community went to Moss Eisley. They started um, giving out... Uh, new player items started giving out droids started greeting people started saying this is what you should do this is how you you know how you play and we just kind of sat back and watched as our as our veteran players were very welcoming to our new players so that was another thing that's just been really cool to observe that's awesome yeah that's very cool and um have you had any any contact or any conversation with anybody at all i mean you make it very clear on your website which is an important distinction about no affiliation with lucasfilm or disney or anything to do with star wars but um have you spoken to anybody that worked on the original star wars galaxies and and has has helped or offer any advice nobody that uh that i'm aware of you know no, maybe okay. somebody but they haven't if they had they wouldn't i don't think they would have told me yeah yeah so. it's just interesting with the um with the fan projects and stuff like that when you have such a a huge ip and such a huge, uh, huge franchise franchise such as star wars um you inevitably draw a little bit of attention like you mentioned the pc gamer uh, article that landed the other day there's another one on game rants and there's another one on another website and it's uh when you start to gain traction i guess and the word gets out there i'm just wasn't or wasn't sure if anyone's uh, ears on the old projects at the at lucas arts sort of pricked up and like oh hold on uh, let's speak to these guys but okay so you're literally lone lone gunning this it's just you guys out there doing your own thing yes uh cool. correct yeah cool 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 love it um love it what's the what's the kind of product looking like from a um you know where do you want to take this perspective it looks like you've got a fairly hearty roadmap online and obviously you've got the community driving a lot of that you've got your own internalized i suppose ambitions for the project as well where where are you taking this? You know where 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 would you like this to to end up in two three years time? What's the what's the plan? I guess for Halo and, and the team. Um, my statement has always been that I want a server that you can always come and play, like you can depend on it. Uh, so this the project is built by a player. I am a player. My team, you know, we are players. So we kind of have the mentality of uh, of the players when building the project. Uh, it's always something you want to come back to. Star Wars Galaxies has so much um, character development. Uh, you know, you can build a city. Uh, if you're not familiar with the game, you can have your own house. You can do all sorts of things that you really invest a lot of time in. And that's what's important to me is I'm a player and I'm going to invest all this time into it. If I take a break for six months, I still want to come back in those six months and all those things still be there and then potentially have new things for me to do. So that's kind of like my goal is, you know, just year after year, um, always have the service available, always have something fresh. Do you find much time to play or are you just, you know, knee deep in, yeah. in dev work? Uh, no, it's definitely a balance. Uh, you know, I have a lot going on uh, in my own real life. and But I still manage to get on and spend a couple hours at least a week. Nice. nice. Just 
thinking sort of further, uh, I suppose, about the community and the support side of things, like how do people get started with this? Like, where do they go online? How can they... Is there a way to support you? Is there, is there a way to support the project either uh, through shareability or, you know, even financially, like many people do with podcasts? Like, how can people get involved with this? Yeah, just uh, go to our website, swgr.org. Uh, there's a download for the for the game there uh, to get get our launcher and get you started. Um, there's a, we use a, a a donation book called like a ledger, um, I guess, called Open Collective. It's very transparent. You can see um, that donations are coming in and what we do with it. So it's a uh, it's a good thing for like the private server scene. A lot of private servers get accused that you know people host it for for monetary reasons and that's not the case here as you can see we have open collective which shows this is you know we're using this money to pay this bill and pay that bill and it's very transparent so uh if you're looking to help out that's a that's a great way to to do so i also noticed that you're um also inviting people to come and actually help build the thing as well so you've got contributors and community partners and that kind of thing so have you had much uptake with that side of things people that want to actively help make make the server what it is yeah uh we get we get quite a few applications although um a lot of our applications have been on the development side and we are we really are needing uh like csrs uh and quality assurance so um we're just working our way towards getting more more staffing and, and getting the the whole team that we desire. I think we're we're pretty good ways away from having everybody that we need. Um, but uh, luckily, people have been applying more and more with uh, with all the recent news. Love it. And whereabouts is the team? Are you are you are you fairly dispersed? Do you find you got people sort of all over the country, all over the world? Are you fairly concentrated in, in one or two particular areas? Like how? I'm suppose I'm talking from a you know perspective of feeling like people can get involved. Like what what's that kind of locale look like? Yeah, um, most everybody's in North America. We do have uh, somebody in the United Kingdom, um, and we try to fit our schedules. We are pretty. Um, hey, we have a, two meetings a week. Uh, if you can make two meetings a month. Uh, which is not a super big ask. That's great. That's pretty much all I usually ask for. Yeah, sounds pretty reasonable. We should probably look to adopt that, Mark. Uh, at some of our day-to-day uh, workings, it's pretty good. Um, moving on to um, nice try. <laughs> some questions nice around try. Uh, um, the, uh, the the game mechanics themselves and and, and whatnot. Um, have you found that the uh, feedback has been generally this is great this is what i remember from like the best bits of star wars galaxies or are you constantly flooded with uh, actually i think you guys should do this and do this so d- do you have a mix of yeah this is great but i want to see this or is it a lot of i just want more stuff because some people especially star wars fans they're always hungry for more and more stuff so how do you find that mix of feedback yeah absolutely we you know have a mix of feedback um and in that and it's also something that uh by design is our server is the combat upgrade but it does have mixes of other eras in there uh, I, I i essentially took the best parts of the game in my opinion and and put them all together so you've got crafting that's similar to the later stage of the game and then you've got combat that's from the combat upgrade and 
So, you, of course, you're going to get some feedback from some people who are saying, now oh, you should change this, you should change that. But overall, uh, most people are very satisfied because it, it is some of the really cool features like crafting pets that can mutate into other pets. That's super cool and was not part of the combat upgrade, but it is now. Uh, in the future, we're going to have the Jedi Force ranking system, which was only a pre-CU feature. Uh, so the first time ever we'll have the combat upgrade in the Force ranking system with our uh, 2.0 release. Uh, and I'm really excited for all the stuff that we have planned. And uh, and we have a community suggestion um, uh, like form on our website where players can go. It's called Player Voice. They can give feedback and other players can kind of add their feedback to it and then we can observe that and say, hey, that's a great idea. Uh, so we also let people have a voice, uh, which I think is a good feature. What's interesting about, I think, you know, what you're doing and where you can take this is as soon as you hit that publish three scenario where, you, you know, you get to the point where, and you've labeled it on your roadmap as sort of the end of the road, but actually it feels more like it's just, it's just a turning point and you can sort of take this where you want to take it. How, how involved will the community be in that? How, I suppose, how, how much of a community project does that become when actually you, you, you begin to create narrative around this game and you, you begin to take it in directions that people might not expect? And what challenges come with that when it comes to preferences for different people, you know, development techniques, development availability and so on? Like, uh, what's after that published three, that end of the road? And I guess, how are you going to manage that? Because it, it seems like a, that's where things could go a little wild west if, if it's not, not managed carefully, you know? Sure. Yeah, um, we have we have some ideas for beyond 3.0 internally. Um, a lot of it's going to be uh, like building uh, building things from scratch and not just micro content, but building a whole new world, like a new planet, like an expansion. Um, so it'll definitely be a challenge and we have ideas. And then we also have, uh, you know, the the players the player voice features so we can take in feedback from them and we also have our galactic senate which is a collective of players who are uh, representing different aspects of the game that we can also consult uh, if needed like hey we're kind of at a crossroads and we've got some ideas on what we should implement next what do you all think so we have different uh, loops that we can jump through to get uh, feedback of what the right direction would be Nice to see someone maintaining diplomacy in the Senate. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Important. Yep. Uh, on your roadmap, um, I've noticed that not anywhere does it mention anything about a Mac port. Uh, any chance that could be added on there? Because uh, I don't know. That's a double-edged sword. Because if you, you know, if you didn't do that, I'd be missing out on playing. Because I don't own a PC at the moment. But if you did, I don't think we'd get much work done in the office. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have any uh, any plans to do that anytime soon. Unfortunately, it's uh, uh, it's kind of not my department. I wouldn't <laughs> even know where to begin. So uh, yeah. when I heard about it, uh, talking with the staff, it was like a not anytime soon. <laughs> I suspected that would be the answer, but you know, I thought I'd chance it and and ask anyway. But yeah. <laughs> 
He's a chancer. He's a chancer. Well, look, let's. I want to try and get some people involved from the Spark Rebellion community. All right. So, where can we go to actually get started? What's the website? You know, how can we donate? What's the the best way to support the project? Because we've got a um, a very supportive audience that that want to get involved in Star Wars and and support good, especially independent projects. So, what's the best next step for someone thinking to themselves, right? I like what's going on here with Halo and the team. What, what can I do to help? Um, come to our website, swgr.org, uh, download the client, hop on, play, be a part of the community. There's the open collective link for uh, monetary support. Uh, you've got our uh, Facebook and Twitter that you can like and follow, which is um, restoration, SWG Restoration 3 on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, and uh and yeah uh those are the best outlets that we have right now join our discord after you sign up and you can see all the latest news um we post things in discord a little more often than you will see on the website so smaller updates are on the discord and and it's a good community to be a part of Uh, there's a lot of activity so Love it, and we actually connected on Twitter. So SWG Restoration on Twitter is uh, is 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 really active. That's where we we sort of met, and we we've been having discussions as well. So hello, listen, thank you so much. This has been wonderful to chat to you. All the best with the project. I think it's fascinating, and I think it's 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 amazing to see how much work you've dedicated to this. So I, I'm just I'm in awe of you. I think it's fantastic, um, and we'd love to get you back on. And just anytime there's any releases, any time there's something notable that you want to chat to us and the, the Spark Rebellion audience about. We'd love to always host you and, and anyone else from the team. So thank you so much, Halo. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, we'll definitely reach out to you when we release our big Jedi patch coming soon. And we can talk about it then. Love it. Halo, thank you so much. All right. Thank you all. Have a good one. That was a cool chat, dude. He's a cool guy and very dedicated to the cause, it sounds like. I, I admire the amount of work that goes into that. I mean, that is, it's not an easy task to continually work on a project that you don't really see much back from apart from just the love of it. And and I think we've all done that. I mean, that's how we ended up here, isn't it? Doing not only what we do day to day in podcasting, you know, we, we, we started with two shots back 10 years ago, actually this year. Um, and then sort of moving through to Spark Rebellion and, 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 and you know, I think you, you sometimes forget just how much it can take over your life. So I really really admire the the work that not only Halo but the rest of the team are putting in as well and and I, I just I believe it's just one more um facet of the Spar- uh, not the Spark Rebellion of the Star Wars audience that the and the Star Wars fandom that not everyone would be exposed to you know there are all these there's like all these little pockets doing their own thing you know from the cosplayers the five or first through to the kind of you know this you know Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Restoration Three project, you know everyone's doing something different, but we're all in it for Star Wars. It's it's fascinating, dude. Honestly, it really is. I, I, yeah, hats off to them. Yeah, indeedy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's how we started with this podcast. It was, um, yeah. What should we? We just really love Star. That's the that's the cool thing about. I know it gets trashed a lot, and you know there's a bit of toxicity here and there with uh, Star Wars fandom now and then. But on the most, uh, for the most part, on the whole. Uh, it's a very, very cool community overall because you have projects like that and people that just do it for the love of Star Wars. I know they get some donations and they get some a little bit of financial help. It's nothing crazy, but uh, I, I guess even if they didn't have any of that, it would still they would still do it. So um, yeah, it was very cool. So thank you once again to Halo or Jay 
take your pick there if you want to contact him online or some of the other people at that Restoration 3 project. Um, yeah, but thank you to Halo for jumping on. And it was really early start for him. So, um, yeah, much appreciated for taking the time out this morning to do that. Uh, and also, uh, we'll also keep you up to date as well with the future updates to that project. So um, if uh, you you listen to the last part of that interview, you'll know that um, any of the, the updates that they've got planned, so they've got a new Jedi ranking system coming up and some other bits, uh, we will keep you up to date. So if you want to jump on and play it, do that, and we'll let you know when the, the newer updates land and so on. But how am I to know the good side from the bad? You will know when you are calm at peace. Now, the book of Boba Fett, chapter six, we're going to speak about that because we watched this over the last uh, two days or so. Um, And, well, there's, again, like chapter five, there's a lot to talk about. So, quick recap. Um, Boba Fett's still not in it, pretty much. This is still, we've (laughs) we've gone over to the Mandalorian, pretty much. And it's kind of... uh, I will say off the bat, this is kind of a surprising episode because I didn't think we would get to this point until, I don't know, midway through The Mandalorian Season 3. But essentially, um, we don't have any of all the filler episodes and all the exposition and all that lot with um, with the Mando trying to find Grogu and all that lot. He just literally turns right up, turns right up to where Luke Skywalker is with, with Grogu and doing his training. Uh, bumps into Ahsoka, which is nice. And uh, yeah. It's essentially, um, it's a it's a bit of a Luke, uh, very early Jedi, new Jedi Order days, uh, with a bit of Mando and no Boba Fett in there. So, it was an interesting one. What what were your thoughts overall, dude, on this one? I mean, it depends through, through what lens you look at it, doesn't it? If you look at it through the, you know, it's an episode of the book of Boba Fett. It was crap. You know, it was. Uh, he didn't even <laughs> have any. I don't think he said a. Th- I don't think he said a word. Didn't need to. Didn't yeah, need to, read which is lines. insane. You know that is that is balmy. Um, <laughs> he, Mando even said, "I'm here to see Fennec." <laughs> like, fucking out, mate. All right, leave it out. Calm down. You know what I mean? You know, can I come in if I've got a meeting? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, that for the, from that perspective, it was uh, it was weird, sort of just the weird interlude. Because last week we said, well. We can see why it's now seven episodes because we had one interlude episode. And then you're like, well, wait a second. <laughs> wait a minute. No, that was all just kind of proven to be wrong. Now, if you look at it from the perspective of like general Star Wars saga, it's one of the best things ever produced. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but it's those two two angles, isn't it? Like I've seen a lot of people online saying unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and I mean, I, I was the same. I was like genuinely blown away by the entire thing. And then the other tranche are just saying, well, you know, look at this cameo from, from Boba Fett. Like there's an article out there, which is the, it's like complete Easter eggs, book of Boba Fett. <laughs> you know, one of the Easter eggs that they've noted is, you know, cameo from Empire Strikes Back villain, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of get that. Um, so it's it's weird, man. It was it, I just didn't expect it, and I said to Sam when we were watching it, it's just you can tell from like minute three. I just said to it, it, it might be one of those episodes where they just give you everything. You know, there's no teasing, there's no on a plate. Uh, sorry, there's no like kind of pulling the plate away from you. It's just everything is given to you, which is what I feel like what Mando season one and two did. You know, it teased a little bit, but it gave when it when it gave you it, it gave you it all. 
Um, you know, because it, it wasn't like Plo Koon turning up. It was Luke. It wasn't, you know, someone else that was in the Jedi Temple. It was Ahsoka. It was... So they gave us everything, man. And I did not expect it, but I was blown away by it. And I, for me, it was the one of the... Can you remember the last Le last Jedi? And we spoke about this, where almost for the first time ever, you got someone from the original trilogy acknowledging that the prequels and the sequels happened and they were all continued and tied together, which we all we knew intelligently as human beings because that's what they tell us in canon. But the, 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 two, the two or three eras had never interacted before. You know, there was never any real crossover of content with them um, on screen. And this was just that 10x. You know, there's mm -hmm. so much to unpack with it, dude. But I was, I was blown away by it, I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same as you, buddy. Yeah, I was blown away from one aspect, as in this is potentially some of the best Star Wars that we've seen from a Star Wars thing for ages. There were quite a few episodes of The Mandalorian over the last two seasons of that where that was very Star Wars and that was amazing. But this just had a real feeling of, it was that really cool juxtaposition of original trilogy feeling and modern Star Wars story, story selling. And you just felt that, uh, just, I, I think the artistic direction and the way certain things were done, it could have been done in a very new, um, new way in terms of how it was presented on screen. The technology stuff aside is obviously very new and the way that they accomplished certain things was very good. But then you also, they didn't linger on that too long. It wasn't like, and I'm re referencing a few things here, like for example, the, the um, CG stuff they did for Luke at the end of Mando season two, the finale. Although that was cool, there was that kind of, yeah, this looks a bit clanky in a few places and it looks a bit ropey. Whereas this one, you can see that they've invested loads of time and money into actually perfecting that facial CG sort of stuff. But then they didn't linger on that. It wasn't the Luke Skywalker show, which was very cool. So you had all this other stuff in there as well. Now, going back to your original point, that's what creates that sort of alternative viewpoint on it. It's like, from all of that stuff, it was great Star Wars. But from an episode of The Book of Boba Fett, like you said, it was very much, well, could, could have this... Could this content could have been reserved for something else? Could it have been made more? Could it have been more impactful if it was, you know, in another, another, I don't know, but it serves the purpose, I guess. But I don't know. It's just weird that it's plopped into again, another episode of this series where the, the main starring character on the call sheet is not in it very much at all. So, uh, some of the yeah, cool, completely, um, man. Yeah, some of the cool Star Warsy stuff. Let's break it into three bits quickly. So, um, before we get on to Luke and Grogu and the whole Jedi Order thing, did you uh, like seeing uh, Cobb Vanth back? Because we said back in the day, like we're definitely going to see him again. He's going to pop back up. So his little story uh, sort of thing was very cool, and just picking up his character right where we left off. Very, very cool. Yeah, it was, and it was. Um, I was a little bit harsh on Timothy Oliphant. Like he's a, just a good-looking motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? He's like one of the best-looking men ever invented. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? God's looking at him. He's like, did all right with that, um, you know, or, or whoever, you know, the scientists. Um, and when he showed up, I was like, yeah, sort of expected that in a way. And you, I knew he'd be back at some point. Just didn't think it'd be. I'd, actually, not true. I thought it'd be in the book of Boba Fett when they said we need muscle. I did. I thought that. Um, but I don't know what it was about this episode. I mean, let's, 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 you know, just appreciate the fact that he actually acted and he was good. Whereas in the first one, I was like, it was a bit shit. It was a bit wooden, but he was, he was like 10 times better 
Um, and I loved the Western element of it, which I know we'll get to later. I loved um, the attitude that he had. It was a real Clint Eastwood focus. You know, you can tell that his relationship with Amanda was very much that kind of Wyatt Earp style um, sort of, you know, reluctant partner. You know, it's all about honor. It's all about working together because um, it's for the bigger picture. Like there was just so much good stuff in there. And he was just a badass. Like he was just a badass. And I thought that was, I just thought that was fascinating because he was, he wasn't great in the first one. And I'm a sort of a bit of a fan of that character anyway from the Aftermath novels and, and to see things like we've renamed to Freetown, you know, that's what it's called in the Aftermath novels. And I was like, okay, this is, again, it's, it's, I mean, the best way to sort of say this is that the episode was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni and directed by Dave Filoni. Everything was on purpose. Everything was on purpose. And I thought it was great to see him again. I honestly thought it was great to see him again. I really, really did. And, and, and the fact that he got a little helper that was clearly getting wiped out, you know, may as well have had a, a red Star Trek shirt on. He was gone. It was, it was always going to happen. So it was... Yeah, it was just nice, man. I thought that part of it was really good. And then, you know, to skip to to skip to the end of it with, with him in it as well. One of the most tense Star Wars scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, unbelievable. I don't know if you want to talk about this later, but just unbelievably well done. Yeah. Now we'll talk about it now because it's part of the same the same thing. So yeah, you're re- referencing uh, Cad Bane turning up, which you could tell straight away was... Um, was him just from his silhouette from such a distance as well and it was like i was losing my shit at that point when you just (laughs) when you thought the episode could not give you any more the amount of stuff that it had given you and then they do cad bane that well yeah yeah who'd have thought that you'd have seen cad bane in a live action star wars thing it's just insane because he's one of those characters from the clone wars it's just so animated i don't mean animated as in of course it's an animated character but i mean you you would assume that it's relatively difficult to translate that to live action it's not like just plucking Mm. one of the human based characters from an animated show and just doing that a bit like um bo katan or you know any you know anyone it's not that difficult but you know an alien like cad bane where you've got to nail the 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 attitude and the the voice and everything like that they just nailed it. it was just so cool how they nailed it the voice wasn't quite as exact as it was from the clone wars but i didn't really expect it was that the same guy anyway. yeah well well the, the the um i think the 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 post-production treatment on the voice wasn't quite the same but then yeah it wasn't like the, as robotic processed was it yeah 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 but it didn't really need to be it was um you know it, i'm glad it wasn't just a carbon copy of that but Man, it was just so cool. And you initially you thought, yeah, that, yeah it is, because you've got the big hat on and you've got the coat and everything and you see him strutting through the through the desert and stuff, which was really good. And then I think you mentioned it earlier, it was like a real typical Western, old school, spaghetti Western type of standoff with like the old, uh, you know, the, ho- the guns in the holsters ready to rock and roll. And you knew, you knew it was going to kick off. And oh, it was really well written because you thought, is Cobb going to get it? Is he, he can't get it. He's not going to be killed, but yeah. I don't think he's down and out though. I think he's down, but I don't nah. think he's out. You don't reckon? That'll tip, I think that'll just tip him over into helping him, you know, because he don't like it when, you know, he said, keep the spice out of the town. You know, th- 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 this will just spur him on. You know, it's Timothy Oliphant. Like I say, he's too good looking to not having something. 
So it's, yeah, he's not out, no chance. Um, dude, honestly, he was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. He was. Wasn't he? He was like, I don't need to do anything violent. I'm just telling you. And you're like, okay. Yes, sir. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And that's sometimes more effective than just going in guns yeah. blazing. It's like, I'm just, yeah, I'm telling you now. Watch it. Yeah. Smell my cheese, Watch it. mother. Oh, <laughs> Java. What was fascinating about it as well for the Clone Wars geeks was that there was so much more Clone Wars in this episode as well. You know, we saw we saw loads of stuff from, and it was to have Cad Bane as that last thing when you know that he was the one that trained Boba. He was it was his gang that trained him, and you just think it's got to be personal. There's got to be some personal something going on with that, you know, and it brings in Aura Singh, it brings in so many different people. I know she's dead at the hands of what's his name, Woody Harrelson, but you know, it's, it, what I'm saying is it brings in the world, you know, like Chris Anton did and just like, well, like Luke and Ahsoka and everyone else did. It was, it, it's just all Filoni, just all Filoni. How this guy's not got a fucking movie trilogy, I will never know. Like that episode was better than the entire sequel trilogy. Yeah, that is a big question. I'm guessing the people at Disney and Lucasfilm are probably asking very similar things. Like oh, the, it'd be a money you know. printer, dude. Yeah, definitely. Because, because uh, they've got the same outcome, don't they? They get the same outcome for the casual fans, but mm. for the fans, you and me are watching that 10 times in the cinema. Yeah, and you've got, you've got teams of people at both Disney and Lucasfilm, I'm 99% sure of this, that are looking at things like obviously the ratings, but like the appreciation scores, the appreciation index across various countries and stuff. Surely you've got to join the dots at some point where you've got, like you said, the sequel trilogy where you see the Rotten Tomatoes, whatever it might be, all of those scores are just, you know, pretty much crap. And then you stick a Filoni episode in of like this and it just goes through the roof. Surely you can connect the dots at some point and be like, right, this guy needs a film. He needs a film. He needs a trilogy, whatever. But, Maybe will. Maybe it's um. Maybe it's on the cards. Who knows? But yeah, it's he's weird, just all it? over it, man. He just gets it. He just gets. I don't know. He just gets the story part of it, which is the most important thing. Like screw all of the other, you know, superfluous crap that you can throw into a film and or a TV show. Just forget all that. Just progressive enhance it. Just add that layer. Layer it on. He just gets that foundation, doesn't he? He just understands it. Yeah, he does. That layering yeah. is. I think that's a really good way of putting it. That the idea of layering it because every, every he always adds another layer to everything and I, I, that is very very interesting actually a good a good way to put that because if you consider um you know some of the detractors will be like oh it was just pure fan service for 45 minutes well how you know how is showing characters that you know we know fan service it's like that's like watching episode 10 of series 10 of something like house or 24 and then people going it's got jack bauer in it though hasn't it that's just fucking fan service to season one that you're like, no, it's not. They're the characters. Do you know what I mean? But the, the layers with Grogu and just... What I loved about this was you could see Luke trying to tease out information about Yoda. Like, do you know anything about your species? Or your, where you came from? And obviously he gets the memory of the Clone Wars and, and the, the, the temple. But like, it's not, here's everything, everything. It's just, like you said, there's the next layer. So Luke doesn't know. And it, it's, dude, fascinating. Mm. Fascinating. Anyway, you said there were three parts. We could spend yeah. ages on this. Part number two, they are kind of um, uh, related to each other, really. So the first one was uh, Ahsoka is back. So before we get to 
um, the dedicated TV series for Ahsoka, which we know is coming at some point. She pops back up and she's kind of, she's kind of there as a, as like a, the little cricket on the shoulder, I think for, for Mando where his intention is to go and see Grogu. And from his point of view, I think he's like, I just want to make sure he's okay. Make sure, you know, everything's good. And she turns his way of thinking like, look, you happily turned Well, not happily, but you gave him over to the Jedi so that he could be trained. And now if you go and see him now, he's going to form even more of an attachment because he probably misses you as well. And that's going to have an effect on his Jedi training. So just consider that. Whereas if she wasn't there, he'd have just probably steamed up there and yay, let's go and get Burger King or something. And, you know, it would have been all good for a little while, but then Luke's like, dude, what the frick? I was getting somewhere. So Ahsoka being back, dude, a nice little, she wasn't it for too much, but you know, a nice little bit. I thought that was quite an interesting, number one, a fucking huge surprise. I did not expect her to show up. And I was just like, oh my God, this means that Luke knows her. Like all questions answered. Um, and, and obviously the bit where she said references, just like, he's just like his dad. You're like, you, you know how to get us, don't you? You know how to get us. <laughs> like that was, that was, that was quality writing. You know, that was just really well placed about the, you know, the, the echoing Anakin's worries about whether he could train uh, Ahsoka and, and, and just, just really nicely done. Um, but I, I was sort of in two minds to start with about this whole decision thing. Cause I was like, I sort of started to think about it from the perspective, well, you know, Ahsoka, you're just being a bit of a dick there. And I thought the same at the end with Luke, when he presented the, the kind of the decision, you can stay here and, you know, by the fucking way he's got Yoda's lightsaber, but what the hell? Um, but you know, I thought that got lost in the Senate. He must've built another one. Um, but then that meant he'd gone off to get a kyber crystal from, you know, we don't know about that one, but anyway, we'll take that as a story point for later. And, um, it was just badass that he had Yoda's lightsaber, by the way, honest to God. Um, so then I thought, I just thought that whole very hard line decision was them being sort of a little bit too OTT. Like, are you kidding me? Luke does well because he's got attachments to Han and Leia. And yeah, he sort of screwed it up a little bit in Empire when he sort of flew off to him, but then, you know, he learned from it. And then the same with the circle, like don't have attachments. Like you're sort of friends when she said like, I'm a friend of the family. Like, yeah. I think if you've got friends, that's having attachments. <laughs> so it was sort of this weird, which was quite a nice line though, the friend of the family thing. Um, it, it just sort of a weird thing. But then I thought better of it because of what you just said, which is it wasn't necessarily about her saying don't have attachments. It was her saying, look, it's almost like when you break up with someone, it's like, well, I know everything that you want to do is to just say hello to them and see how they are, but it's better for you both if you don't. Um, and, 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 and the same when Luke gave him that decision, it's more of a, you know, it felt like it was from the perspective of what happened to Anakin of, of the, if you form the attachments, natural attachments are going to occur, but you can't have a foot in both camps. You have to decide and natural, like we've seen it with Obi-Wan, you know, with Satine, he had attachments. They all have attachments. Um, we've seen it with, um, in, in the high Republic with certain things going on as well. So I don't think the attachment's the problem. It's sort of just not being committed to a way of life. That's the problem. So that after I'd thought about it a little bit more, it felt quite nice actually. Um, but there's not a chance on hell that Grogu's not turning up, wielding a lightsaber and beating the crap out of people in the future. No chance. There is no chance that that is not happening. No chance. No, He's going to count Dooku the crap out of it. You can see that coming, can't you? 
You can see it coming. Yeah, because- I'm all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> when he was uh, when Luke was training him and he was flipping all over the place like back flipping and somersaulting just like Yoda did against Count Dooku in uh, in the Clone Wars Attack of the Clones sorry um, it's got shades of that all over it and again that's Filoni and Favreau just doing their thing but um, the uh, oh yeah so Ahsoka very very cool to see her and I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with her in her own series because that's going to need a bit of a bit of careful planning, I think, because we don't just want to tread tread over, you know, the same ground with her. But anyway, moving on to pretty much the star of the show, I guess, then for this one, which is Luke Skywalker being back proper, I say quote-unquote proper Luke, badass Jedi Luke, um, that we saw at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, cutting down all of the um, uh, the Knight Rider-looking, what are they called? The Dark... The dark oh, group. the uh, Dark Troopers. Dark Troopers, yeah. Badass Luke, cutting his way through them. And now we get on to the Luke that we we saw really in Return of the Jedi. You know, he's dressed in all the black and, you know, he's you know he's got all that rocking. First up then, facial CG. Some of it was scary, dude. Like, um, like I said to Nat when we was watching it, I was like, I had to pause it at one point and I'm like, frick. I didn't use that word, stronger word. I thought, you appreciate him just what, exactly what you are seeing right now. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's Star Wars. He's probably going to do a Star Warsy thing. I'm like, it's wasted. Anyway, carried on watching it. But I literally <laughs> had to pause it one bit. And I was like, frick, this just looks badass. I mean, still, eh, it's 99% there. There's a couple of little janky things. But, dude, they've nailed it pretty much. Oh, it, it really is 99% there, isn't it? I mean, compared to, you know, the the the, the end of Mandalorian, which was, what, 14 months ago? unbelievable night and day and i don't know if it was the guy that deep faked on youtube and said oh i'll do it better and then they hired him can you remember we covered it on this on the show yeah he's got to have been involved he's got because there was some deep fake there clearly there was some de-aging there clearly there was some cgi there but holy fucking crap like it was crazy 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 good um because I was like, I said to Sam, look, you've got, when they were sat down, they did the frog thing, which echoed the X-Wing um, in the swamp. I, I said to Sam, oh, he's, you know, it's Mark Hamill, he's talking, but oh, they've not shown his face. They've still not nailed the lips down. Next scene, talking, nailed the lips. I was like, geez, look at that. <laughs> and it was, that's always the thing for me. It's always the just slight alignment and the 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 subtle inflections of the voice and the enunciations that don't necessarily match what's going on the lips. 99% there on this. It was brilliant. It was so very, very, very well done, dude. I was, I was startled by it. Um, and I, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was telling how good this looked against the book of Boba Fett. Like, so put this with those shitty Vespers. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. It's like another world. Yeah. And it just, that's what I think that's what baffles me about the book of Boba Fett is that, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the creative directions that they've taken don't match what they clearly want to achieve. And it just, I don't know, it's sort of weird. I saw an interesting tweet, and I know this is digressing a little bit, but I saw an interesting tweet in the week that said, someone had said they should just call anything that is produced under Star Wars, just call it Star Wars. 
don't go into the book of Boba Fett. Don't call it the Mandalorian. Don't call it Rogue One. It's just the next chapter of Star Wars. And I thought that's actually genius because of the way that things have been and like, you know, the book of Boba Fett is getting hammered for detracting from Boba Fett. And I understand that granted episode four made him a bit godfathery. And I sort of like that. Um, and I don't know what will happen in the next episode. They reckon it's going to change the game. But um, just make, there was something just genius and simplistic about just making everything Star Wars so that there was no worry. And all of that, yes, but it's the book of Boba Fett. Yes, but it's the Mandalorian. Why has this happened? Is gone. And it can just it can be a Star Wars story, you know? So I thought that was quite a fascinating take on it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't consider that before. I think plenty of other franchises would do that. They would just say it's this and it's just whatever it is in the timeline or the canon, whatever it is. Yeah, it's interesting that one, dude. Yeah. What did you think to, um, just very quickly, the voice though, because I thought along with the CG face, I thought they absolutely nailed. So Mark Hamill's obviously back voicing the, the character of Luke, but the way that they've processed his voice sounds like he's 30 years younger, 20 years younger, whatever. It was a, uh, I think without that, that would have just contributed more to that kind of uncanny valley feeling that you get sometimes with it. But the voice as well, dude, just, I don't know how they've processed his voice. Because if you listen to Mark Hamill now, like speaking today, his voice is miles apart from when he was Luke, mm. obviously back in, you know, the, the OT films. But I don't know how they've done it, but it just sounds like they lifted up the vocal track from Return of the Jedi and plopped it in this one. It was amazing. Well, I think what's fascinating about that is that they've, you know, they probably did. They probably used that to learn from. Like, there's always tools like Descript that can learn from our voice and, 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 and create artificial voicing based on it. So that's probably what they did to a degree. But then I also do think there's an element of Mark Hamill being a voice actor in that as well. You know, he's a, he's a talented guy with his voice. You know, he can, he, I'm, I, I would be, I'm almost convinced that he could get it 80% of the way there himself because, you know, he, he's, it's not like it's someone like a Harrison Ford that's got a Harrison Ford voice. You know, he's used to being different vocally. And he's, you know how animated he is. You know, if you, I think with Luke Skywalker, you'd sort of, you know, versus the Joker, which is very over the top and very, very kind of um, highly acted stuff. I think with Luke, you can almost imagine Luke's, um, Mark Hamill sort of drawing it back a little bit and sort of giving himself that more timid feel in his body language as he's delivering the lines. And I just... I do think that Mark Hamill's probably responsible for 80% of it. And then there's some, the processing that goes around it. Um, mm. But it's, you're right. It would, that would have taken you away from it had it not been right. But it was absolutely spot on, dude. It was indeed. Yeah. No, it's cool. Um, I think we could probably talk about this for another hour, dude. Talking about all the little easy little bits and bobs that we, that we found in there. Just a couple of standout ones for me that were amazing is uh, tiny little things that you blink to and you miss it. So, when he's carrying Grogu on his back, he somersaults over a rock, same in exactly mm -hmm. the same way that he did in uh, the on Dagobah. And uh, what about the little change to the line, dude? Um, you know, don't try, do. And yeah. uh, just lovely little things like that, man. Just yeah, awesome stuff. Was there any little stand-up moments? Shows. That, yeah, that you liked. Yeah, sorry, dude. It, I mean, it just shows. I mean, we we forget this is only five years after Yoda died. You know, that is, so So Luke is still probably the biggest influence on his life apart from Ben um, when it comes to being a Jedi. Um, so, 
and, and, and I think when you when you imagine sort of a circus saying, yep, yeah, Yoda was freaking badass, served with him for like five years in the Clone Wars, three years in the Clone Wars, and then around it. Of course, like amazing. So whatever he told you, listen to it. And, oh, and here's like 50 things he told me as well. Um, also threw me under the bus. Thought I was a villain, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, that's why I'm freelance. But he, um, so that... <clears throat> I think that cementing of that was was so good. I mean, th and there's so much we could talk about with this, man. Some of the standouts for me were the little, um, every single callback that there was, there were, and, and there were so many. You know, the, there must have been like 10 holy shit moments in this. I was like, holy shit, that is Yoda's lightsaber. Holy shit, that is the temple from The Force Awakens. And then every little tiny thing that was mirroring all of the films, you know, everything from the lifting the stuff up in the swamp, the frogs, um, right through to, like you said, the somersault in the train, in the backpack, um, even walking along with, with, with Grogu and sort of force pushing him a little bit and, you know, giving him that kind of... Tiny little details were brilliant. Um, I think the thing... There were two really standout things, though, that that, that I really kind of enjoyed. Um, I think the first one was just... The, the 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 scene with the soaker and Luke just being there and just that full circle for a soaker and for Luke as well you know who's redeemed his dad and um just that full circle and then her recognizing how much alike they are you know that that was just the ultimate glue around the entire nine movies or ten movies with Rogue One the entire glue around it and I'm fascinated to see more of that and I think there will be more of that uh, and sort of related to that was that flashback, uh, flashback to the uh, the Jedi Temple, you know? Oh, we yeah. don't know who saved yeah. Grogu, but we know someone did, or maybe he saved himself because Luke was convinced he was remembering. Because that was something that I enjoyed as well. It was sort of a bit karate kid montage, but why is he learning this stuff so quickly? How much time has passed? Well, clearly not much. And when Luke sort of dealt with it by saying, it's sort of like he's remembering. It's not like I'm training him. It's like I'm just activating some memories. Um I really liked that clone flashback sequence, and I, th I, I was convinced you were going to see a, in, you know, pair of yellow eyes at the end in a hood. I was convinced that was coming, because um, it's, yeah, I could talk about it all day, man. Because I just think it's, it genuinely is some of the best Star Wars that I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, I think it was complete. I don't think there's anything I'd change about it at all. And if you're Boba Fett, dude, you're pissed. <laughs> yeah. Defo, if you're, um, yeah, and, the th and just quickly, the very last scene, I think is going to set up the finale quite nice, where we had that yeah. um, uh, kind of exact almost lift off from the Untouchables film where the pikes go in and leave the bomb and walk out and and all that. So, yeah, the Twi'lek that's running the, the bar, she's obviously no more, blown to bits, shot to bits. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, interesting that. Interesting. Yeah, you and I could talk about this for another hour, but we're going to wrap it up there. So, score out of ten, dude. I I said last week. I think I don't know if, what you can do to sort of get better with stuff like that, but you know, that's why I gave it a nine because I, I it's got to be a ten for me. I can't fault it. There's not one thing that I can fault about it. Yeah, yeah. Same. Ten out of ten for me. What this was like chills, chills, and and Star Wars. Good feel, good feeling vibes. The Star Wars around this one. So. Okay, dude, that's uh, that's very cool. So we will update you guys on what we think to episode or chapter seven next week as the, the whole thing wraps up and we'll give you a, a score, probably a score on the whole thing as well and reflect on a little bit on what's happened with that. So yeah, we're going to wrap there for, for this week. 
it's been great to to talk to Halo around the Restoration 3 project. That was very cool. So thanks again for your time on that. And remember to go and check out uh, the project itself. If you're a PC gamer and you want to dive back into Star Wars Galaxies, then uh, go and do that. It's all good. And um, yeah, 10 out of 10 from us on, on Chapter 6. Um, that's all good. Until next time, remember to follow the podcast uh, whatever podcast app you listen to your, your podcast on. Just give us a follow so you don't miss a show when they land every Saturday. And check us out on the socials too. Uh, sparkofrebellion.com forward slash twitter and forward slash instagram come and get involved over there and lastly once again thank you to our current patrons who support the show we love you guys thank you for your support and if you want to join those guys as well and um, throw some some money our way so we can reinvest it back into the show and continue to create content then do that at sparkofrebellion.com forward slash patreon we'd love you for that and very much appreciate it again to our to our supporters uh, it's been good dude to talk about this one bumper show this week it's been good yeah you can't go wrong with stuff like this it's we, like i said we could have done another five hours on this without <laughs> a shadow of a doubt um but yeah we'll be back next week it's gonna be difficult to review this um and one thing i will say in in, in parting you know there's the obi-wan series coming up and if feloni's got anything to do with that what the hell are we gonna see true Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, anyway, until next time, take care of yourself, stay safe, and may the Force be with you, always. <laughs>